Hey, good morning, Riverview family. Uh, thanks for joining us here on the live stream uh, on this cold, probably snowy morning. I'm guessing if you look outside, you're going to see some snow or a little bit of wind. Uh, thanks for your flexibility and giving us the opportunity to worship together online. Uh, go ahead and open up your Bible. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, that's where we're going to be uh, for out the duration of our time this morning. And just going to kind of be talking about the, the, the work of the Spirit and talking about spiritual gifts, okay? So would you join me in prayer and just kind of prepping our hearts? Father, we quiet our heart before you uh, right now. We're in our homes or our car or at a friend's house. Um, we're, we're somewhere with the intent to worship you. And so, Father, this is... Um, Maybe not the way that we would have planned this morning to be. Uh, this may not be what we had on our radar, um, but Father, this is what we have this morning. And so would you prepare our hearts? Would you work in a mighty, mighty way? Would you teach us about your Spirit? Would you teach us about the gifts of the Spirit uh, and how we can put those to work in our lives? Uh, Father, we want to be powerful, um, but not in our flesh. We want to be powerful in the Spirit. I want to grow up this morning, so would you help us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's uh, good to be back uh, in the States uh, this morning. As most of you guys know, I was in the Dominican Republic uh, last week with my, uh, my brother, my friend, uh, Ryan Potter, and we were spending time with our brothers and sisters and our, our new church uh, uh, planting partners of Tierra Primatita. Uh, and, and people have asked me since I've gotten back, they said, hey, how was the trip? And, I, and honestly, I don't even know how to answer a question like that. And I, I've tried, you know, in several ways um, because it was all kinds of things. And how do you wrap it up in just a, a one or two uh, brief sentence statement? Um, it was encouraging. It was challenging. It was a, a lot warmer there. There was a, a hundred degree uh, temperature swing from there to here. Um, it was all kinds of things, but uh, all in all, it was, it was really, it was awesome. Uh, we got to go to several different villages uh, throughout uh, the San Juan province of, of the DR and, and the Elias Pena province of the DR as well. And we got to share the gospel in places that have never heard the name of Jesus. And, and that just kind of sets your heart on fire when you get the opportunity uh, to do that. And we got to spend a lot of time in the, the new province that they're beginning to work in that we're going to begin partner with thing, uh, partnering with them in uh, Elias Pena. Um, we uh, potentially have a, a church planting partner there uh, in the outside of the city uh, of Viajuelo. And uh, it was just great to spend some time there with uh, a potential uh, uh, church planting pastor and just to, to see the land and to, to spend time with that pastor and to spend time with the team there. Yeah, it really was. It was just uh, amazing in all kinds of different ways. But what I want to do uh, right now as we kind of get started is I want to share uh, just one story that helped highlight one of the main takeaways uh, that I took from uh, while we were there. Uh, one of the main takeaways was actually um, this incredible awareness of, uh, of spiritual warfare. Are, are you familiar with spiritual warfare? Uh, that, that there is a fight in the spiritual realm that, that we can't see, but doesn't mean that it's any less real. Uh, and, and the fight that goes on in the spiritual realm has very real impact on not only our spiritual lives, but our physical lives as well. 
Uh, one of the things that Miguel, who is the leader of Tierra Primitida, uh, likes to do is uh, when he goes into a new province and the team goes into a new province, they like to go to a high point, uh, the highest point that they can get to in the land and just kind of to pray and to seek God's vision for that land and uh, to hear God's heart for the people in that place. And, and then while on top of that uh, mountain or that high point, to call out uh, against the demonic powers and authorities and principalities that are over that land who have governed the land uh, for so long and have held the people in those villages in, in chains and in strongholds for so long. He, he likes to call out against them and kind of put them on notice and to draw battle lines kind of per se to say, hey, Jesus is stepping into this land. Jesus is stepping into this province and so you need to get ready for that. If you know anything about spiritual warfare, you're probably aware that there are geographical strongholds and there are principalities over different geographical areas um, that kind of keep people in, in chains and in, in, in bondage. That's why Paul says in Ephesians 6 that our battle, it's not against flesh and blood, but our battle is against, it's being waged against the, the rulers, the authorities, against the, the cosmic powers in this darkness, and against the principalities. See, we are daily waging war, daily waging war, and, and drawing battle lines in the spiritual realm, again, that we can't see but doesn't mean that it's no less real, that is very real. And the implications of what goes on in the spiritual realm ends up having an uh, impact and effect on our physical life, but also our spiritual lives uh, as well. And so when we were in the land of Elias uh, Pena, we climbed to a high point. And, and so we went to a village, and there was a, a large mountain there that overlooked the province there. And, and so we began to go up this, this long trail to get up to the base of the mountain. And when we got to the base of the mountain, there was this, this huge cave. And so we began to explore that cave, and it wasn't too long before you could clearly see that this cave had been used for all kinds of idol worship and saint worship and, and some level of sacrifice had been given there. And if you would have been standing in this place, you could just feel the spiritual darkness that, that's going on there. And it's just at the base of this mountain. And so we come out of that cave and we're standing there. And in order to get to the high point, that, that road, it had actually run out. And so we're looking at uh, the mountain and saying the, really the only way to get up to the high point of this place is the to rock climb, to, to climb the mountain. There, there's no other way at this point. And you all know me. You know how I feel about heights. I'm, I'm terrified of them. And so I'm looking at this mountain. I'm like, that's not going to happen. There, there's no way <laughs> that I'm climbing up that mountain. Uh, but earlier that morning when I was spending some time with the Lord, um, he had already kind of began to prep my heart. Uh, I knew that today for whatever reason, that I was going to have to, to have an extra dose of courage. And, and so the Lord led my heart to Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8 and, and verse 9. And Joshua 1 8 says, uh, don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Be, make sure that you are meditating on it so you can be sure uh, to do everything that's written in it. And then he goes on to verse 9 and speaking directly to the heart of Joshua. And he says, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And the Lord took me to that passage that morning so that I could hear those words and so I could apply them to my life and say, okay, today you need to be strong and courageous. And so we're standing at the base of this mountain. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll try. I'll give it my best. And so we begin to climb up this mountain and I get to a place where I, I just begin to look around and, and everything is inside, inside of me saying, don't, don't go any further. And uh, you've reached your max. And so I, got, I told the guys, I'm like, hey, I've reached my max. I can't go any further. And then uh, Miguel and his brother Aaron uh, begin to just kind of keep climbing higher. And the Lord reminded me of Joshua 1.9, be strong, 
be courageous. Have I not commanded you? Be strong, be courageous. And I said, okay, I'm outside of my limit here, and so you're in control. And so uh, we, we ended up climbing up to uh, the top of that mountain, and we began to look down over the, the, the province of Elias Pena. And guys, it is 100% beautiful, 100% loved by God. And as we're looking over there, uh, we gathered together, and, and the three of us, we prayed. And as we were uh, praying, um, there was this huge wind that just kind of blew through the valley. And, and every one of us kind of opened up our eyes and looked at each other, and, and we all discerned that there was the Holy Spirit just kind of showing up in this place, saying, I'm here. I hear you, and this valley belongs to me. And, and it, was, it was one of the coolest things that, that I've ever experienced in my life. And, and so we spread out across the, uh, the, the top of that mountain, and, and we began to proclaim this valley, this mountain, and this province belonging to the Lord. We began to proclaim that Jesus was king in this place. And so I remember I was sitting there, and I read John 1, 1, that I said, you, don't, you, you need to know this, Satan, that the light has stepped into the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome him. He will not overcome him. You thought that you won at the cross when there was, it looked like defeat. It looked like Jesus was dead, but then three days later, he stepped out of the grave. He stepped out, and he was resurrected, and so you need to be on alert, and you need to be reminded that you don't get to continue to reign here. Light has stepped into this darkness. There is going to be no more chains that you get to have, no more bondage you get to have over these people, and so we just proclaim that Jesus is king over this land. And then as we're spread across this mountain, I hear Miguel off in the distance. He yells out, who is the king of this mountain? And in unison, we all yelled, Jesus. And then he calls out again, who is the king of this valley? And we hear, Jesus. And we yell, who is the king of this province? And everybody responds, Jesus. And we proclaimed that Jesus is king over this entire province, over this entire land. And the truth is, we were drawing lines in the sand. We were drawing battle lines right there in that moment that the Holy Spirit has power and he was there to set people free. The Holy Spirit is strong. The Holy Spirit is mighty. He's strong enough to defeat the battle against demons and the battle against principalities. He's strong enough to defeat the battle against Satan. And so where the Spirit is willing to fight, the Spirit will win. And He fights, fights for us. And the beautiful thing is that God has chosen to place that Spirit who has all kinds of power over principalities and demonic activity. He's placed that spirit inside of us. And the power that belongs to that spirit, he's put inside of us as well. And in that power, he has given us spiritual gifts to help build up his church, both here and around the world. And those gifts help us to live constantly aware of God's power in us now, his power over this creation, and the ability to drive back the darkness. And the beautiful thing is that that's a powerful truth. The problem, though, that we deal with is that we're often unaware that the power that the Spirit has put in our life is real, that He's actually put the Spirit of God living inside of us. Or we live unaware that we have these gifts that have been given to us by God and then that He's able to lead us into the place of victory, into the places that He's called us to. Or we look at these gifts and we just sit on them. 
We, we just don't do anything with them. I, I want you to know that he wants us to live in daily awareness of the Spirit at work in our lives. And he daily wants us to engage and fight the spiritual battles that is in front of us every single day to help push back the darkness in our own lives, but to help push back the darkness in and around the world around us. And so each day we have the ability, and not only the ability, but we have the opportunity to draw battle lines in the ground with the power of the Spirit at work in us and to use the spiritual gifts that God has given us to find victory in those battles. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul gives us this beautiful picture of how God has gifted the people of God who make up his church. But the natural uh, inclination of all humanity, of you and of me, is to take the good gift that God has given us and to, to not use it. Or to take the, the gift that God has given us and to begin to compare it to the gifts that everybody else around us has and begin to complain. Maybe they've got a different gift than we have and we want their gift and they should have gotten our gift and why don't we have theirs and why don't we have that gift over there? And we begin to compare our gifts with each other. And what ends up happening is we miss the whole point of why God has given us these spiritual gifts to start with. The gift that he has given was never intended to build up an individual. It is never, in, never intended to be given to prop up any one person, those gifts have always been intended to help build up the entire church so that we might be able to drive back the darkness and so that the name of Jesus can be known here and around the world. Let's look at how Paul begins to talk about this in chapter 12, verse 1. It says, now, <clears throat> concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to, to mute idols. However, you were led. <clears throat> Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. He says, okay, now we're shifting gears and we're talking about spiritual gifts. There was a time when you were led by idol worship, when you were led to worship idols, and the Holy Spirit was zero part of your life. Like, like you made idols, you expected to hear from idols. You worshipped idols. You went to the cave at the base of the mountain, and you worshipped and you bowed down to these idols. But I want you to know, all of that has changed. You have the Holy Spirit of God now living inside of you. The, the only way that you can cry out now that Jesus is Lord, the only way that you can lift up your voice and proclaim that Jesus is King in the valley, on the mountains, in the workplaces, in your life, the only way that you are able to proclaim that Jesus is Lord and King is simply because of the Holy Spirit that's at work in your life. The Spirit does that work and enables you to understand that Jesus is King. And he's able to let you live in that authority and power as well. Listen to what he says next. He says in verse 4, now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So, in any given uh, church or community, you're going you're gonna to see different ministries and different ways of reaching into the community that that church might be in. The, in other words, the needs in downtown Detroit, Michigan are different than the, the needs in the slums in Mumbai. And, and the needs in the slums in Mumbai and Detroit are going to be different than the needs that we have here in Ashland. Now, 
The truth is, there's the same spiritual need, right? We all still need Jesus. People need to come alive in Jesus, and people need to live Jesus in their lives. But how that's going to look is going to be different from place to place. And so you're going to go from community to community, from city to city, town to town, country to country, and you're going to see different ministries, and you're going to see different sets of gifts that are being used in those churches and in those ministries in order to help people come alive in Jesus. You're going to see different sets of gifts that are put on display. But you're never going to go anywhere and find a place where a spiritual gift is being used and somehow that spiritual gift has been manufactured or created by any one individual. That's never going to happen. The spiritual gifts are always going to come from the Spirit. And the spiritual gifts are always going to be for the Spirit's work. It's never going to be to edify just a person. It's never going to be for them to be on display. Actually, Paul is going to talk about this specifically in, uh, throughout chapter 12, but he's going to address it on the back end of 13, and he's going to address it hard in 14 because they were taking a few gifts and they were elevating them above other gifts, thinking that they were better because they were using these particular gifts. But nowhere are you going to see any one person creating or manufacturing a gift. All these gifts come from the Spirit to edify the body of Christ, to build up the church so that it can push back the darkness. It's all the Spirit's work. In verse 6 and 7, he tells us that each gift is created by God, and it's given by God for one singular purpose, and that's to build up the body, to strengthen the body. And like when a physical body is, is built up in the gym, right, you've got a, a guy or a girl who goes down to the gym, and they're just kind of pumping weight, pumping weight, and they're getting there, they're consistent, and they're lifting, and, and the goal is to become healthy and to be able to push more weight. After they've been in there a while and they get healthy, that's what they're able to do. They're able to push more weight, right? And so what is a, a built-up spiritual body of believers able to do then, who is being consistent in using the gifts that God has given them, who's becoming healthy, they're, they're able to stand up, and they're able to get strong and healthy together. And as they get strong and healthy together using these, these gifts, they're able to push back the weight of darkness, to put back the spiritual oppression of darkness. But when we don't realize that we have these gifts, or when we fail to use the gifts, or we start fighting over who has what gifts and, and how, how they're supposed to be used, and we'd rather have theirs than ours, what we end up doing is walk around like a bunch of floppy weaklings, unable to push any kind of weight at all. Like, like we've been into the gym for the first day, and we don't know what we're doing when we're there. But that's not who we are. That's not who you are, is it? You're not a floppy mess. We're not a floppy mess. Now, we get messy as believers. We get caught up in stuff every once in a while, and, and sometimes it doesn't always look pretty, but we're not a complete floppy mess. The, the God of heaven has gifted us with the, the power of heaven for the specific purpose of building us up so that we can draw battle lines in the sand, in the spiritual realm, and fight a spiritual fight that we could otherwise no way have a chance of fighting or winning if the Spirit wasn't involved. I, I hope that makes some kind of sense. If, if we as the church are going to engage in the fight for our culture, which I believe is a spiritual battle. 
This is not a battle of flesh and blood. This is a battle against principalities. This is a battle against evil, demonic forces that are at work. I hope that doesn't freak you out. I think it's the Scriptures, okay? This is not a flesh and blood battle. If we are going to engage the fight for our culture, we have to realize first that God has given us gifts, and we have to start using those gifts. And if we don't use those gifts, we don't stand a chance at making a dent in our culture. We, we may say a few nice things. We may live nicely around people and live morally around people. But if we don't engage the spiritual gifts that God has given us, we have no ability to engage in the spiritual fight that we're fighting against. We, we, we don't stand a chance in it. And, and so what Paul does is he gives this list of, of spiritual gifts so people can be aware of how God has gifted the church and how they can engage this fight. He gives a list here in uh, chapter 12. He gives a list in Romans 12, and he gives another list in Ephesians 4. And if you were to take all those lists together and bind them together, you have about 19 spiritual gifts in total. But God is not limited to those 19. I think these are just kind of representative. It's not uh, the sum total of all the spiritual gifts. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to read down through uh, this passage. And I'm not really going to expound on these spiritual gifts because we don't have enough adequate time to do that. But I want you to be aware of what the spiritual gifts are. Um, You should have gotten an email this morning if you were on our email list. And that uh, email uh, had not only this link to uh, the live stream, but it also has uh, a link to a spiritual gifts inventory that you can take. That just if, if, you know, if you know what your gift is and you want to know a little bit more about that gift and understand more about spiritual gifts, or you have no idea what your spiritual gift is, this will help you uh, kind of get in the ballpark uh, of what it is and how you can understand it. But there's also, we've got a link there to uh, a book um, by a guy named uh, Bugsby, Bruce, or Bruce Bugby, um, called what you do best in the body of Christ. It, it's a great book. It's a short book. Uh, it's an easy read, but it helps give a broad understanding of gifts and how you can uh, use those gifts within the, the body of Christ. So take some time to look at those, uh, those links and, and, and really go through the, the spiritual inventory there and, and see how God might want to use you uh, here at RCC, but also in your sphere of influence uh, as well for Him. And what we want to do is we want to see you beginning to flex, all right? If we're going to stay on the, the theme of pushing weight, we want to see you begin to flex those, those spiritual gifts in a way that helps the body get strong, engaging those gifts and building up the body so that we can push back the weight of, of darkness, okay? Uh, so look at verse 8. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, by the one spirit, to another the work of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. And we're going to get specifically into those in chapter 14 and verse 11. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. And again here, what we have Paul saying is that Every one of these gifts comes from the Spirit, and every one of these gifts is empowered by the Spirit as well. Now, what I, what I would love for you to do is, I would love for you, whatever you're watching on, get ready to go ahead and, and push the pause button, and, and I want you to consider where God has gifted you. And, and so uh, get ready to, to pause that live stream and, and answer this question. What gifts have you been given 
that can be used in building up the church to help push back the darkness. I will say it again. What gifts have you been given that can be used in building up the church to help push back the darkness? And maybe the question for you might be, what gifts are you just sitting on right now? You know you got a gift, but you're just refusing to use it for one reason or another. What gifts are you sitting on right now? So go ahead, reach up, push pause, talk about that in the group that you're getting to worship together with this morning, and then we'll check back with you in just a few seconds, okay? So you just talked about uh, the gifts that you are using or, or maybe not using right now. What I want to do is I want to invite you to use those gifts here at RCC uh, and in the places of, of influence that God has given you in the community, but maybe the places of influence that he wants to give you uh, around the world somewhere. So here's the thing. Be aware that God has gifted you and then begin to develop those gifts. Work on that gift. Work the muscle of that gift. Don't just sit on the gift. Man, it would be a terrible shame, right? That, that it would be a terrible waste of, of God's kindness in your life for him to give us a spiritual gift or to give you a spiritual gift and you just simply to say, you know what? Thank you, but I'm not going to use that. Or thank you, but I don't know how to use that. Thank you, but I'm just going to uh, let it sit here. It'd be a terrible waste. So understand that you have a gift. Now begin to develop the gift that God has given to you so that he can use it mightily in you and for the church to build it up, okay? Paul goes on here in verse 12, and what he does is he uses the image uh, of the body. And in fact, he uses the word body here in chapter 12. He uses it 14 times. And uh, the picture of, of the body or the church as a body is one of the primary ways that God talks about the church or the body of Christ throughout uh, the, the New Testament. And so Paul uh, uses it here as an example. And he says, if the body is going to be built up and if it's going to be made strong, if it's going to be strong enough to push back the forces of darkness and make a difference in the culture, if, if it's going to be able to make a huge dent against this culture, it can't be fighting against itself over um, who has what gift who doesn't have a certain gift, who gets to use their gift, who doesn't get to use their gift, who gets to be in the limelight, who gets to be behind the, the scenes. Paul's going to say every single person and every single gift, it's important. Every one of them are. That, that's going to be Paul's point here. Every person and every gift is needed. Look at verse 12. I'm going to read this whole section, okay? So, so bear with it. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made a drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that wouldn't make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? <laughs> if the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. They're needed. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. Or, but, but God has so composed the body, 
giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets. This is another list um, that Paul gives here of some spiritual giftings and kind of an ordering. Uh, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts? What was culturally going on here at the church in Corinth is that in, instead of building up uh, their, their God-given gifts and using it to, to push back the darkness, what they were doing is they were fighting um, with one another about the gifts that they had. They, um, some were saying, I want that gift, and then I want that gift. You shouldn't have that gift. And they were using it to position against one another. And, and, and I get it, right? I get it. Like, it doesn't make a, a whole lot of sense. It's not good, but I get how you, people can get to that, person, that place because I, I, I'm often uh, somebody who just sees others. They're just killing it with their spiritual gifts. And I sit and I'm like, man, I want that. I, I want to be able to do what they're doing. I want to be able to sing like that. I want to be able to play instruments like that. I want to be able to teach like that. I want to be able to lead like that. I want to give generously like that. I, I want to be able to be an administrator like that. There are so many different gifts that I just look at people, man, they are just crushing it. And I say, God, why can't I have that? Why do I have to have this limited little ability that you've given me? I want more of what somebody else has. More of that. And when I'm around incredible speakers and teachers, I'm just kind of like, God, couldn't you have just given me a little bit more? Like, I, I hear, you know, podcasts, and I hear other teachers and preachers. I'm like, God, I would love to have the gift like they have it. Yeah, I feel like I've got maybe a teaching and a preaching gift to, to some extent, but not like they have it. Why can't I have what they have? This this past week when I was spending time with uh, Tierra Primitita in, in the DR, I looked at the, the vision that these guys had and the, and the measure of courage that they had. And I, just, and I just thought, God, I don't have vision like that. I don't have courage like they have. Give me more of what they have. Why did you give me what I have? And, and I began to compare my gifts with what other people have. Maybe you've done the same thing. I, I think we can begin to disconnect from one another and the church when we don't share the same gifts that other people have, and we can begin to disconnect from one another and from members of the church when, when uh, we begin to fight over the gifts that other people have. But I think what Paul's saying here is that we need every single one of you. Every single one of you we need. If you're a disconnected finger, man, the hand hurts. The arm hurts. The whole body hurts. He says if one member suffers, in verse 26, all suffer together. If one member is honored, we all get to rejoice and celebrate together. And so if you're a disconnected finger, the whole hand hurts. If you're a disconnected foot, man, our leg hurts. Our whole body hurts. We need every single one of you. And the truth is, we don't just need you. You need us too. <laughs> Whether we want to admit it or not, you, you need us too. And so if you're a disconnected member of the body, and, and, you, and, and you, you're not benefiting from the body, and you haven't been contributing your gifts to the body in a while, I think it's time for you to 
get reconnected to the body. And this, this past year has been incredibly difficult. 2020 was, was hard, and it just led us to be disconnected naturally, and 2021 has kind of shaped up to be the same thing. But if you are a disconnected member of the body, I just want to encourage you, and I want to challenge you even. It's time to reconnect. It's time for us to be reconnected. If the church is going to be the, the, the engaging unit that God has called us to be in this culture, if we're going to be able to fight the battle in our culture, if we're going to be able to fight the spiritual battle for our culture, we have to realize that God has given us gifts. We have to realize that He has empowered us to use those gifts. We have to start using those gifts, and we have to be doing it together. If we don't use the gifts and if we disconnect from one another and fight from one another uh, with, with what those gifts are, we don't stand a chance in this spiritual fight because it's not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities. It's against spiritual forces of darkness. This is a battle that can only be won by the gift of the Spirit that's at work inside of us. See, one of the key tactics of the enemy is to disconnect us from community. And when he gets us disconnected from community or gets us disconnected from the body, little pinkies and little toes and little, and, and, and little elbows all over the place, disconnected from the rest of the body, that's when he begins to go to work. He's like a roaring lion just waiting to pounce on those who have been disconnected. Disconnected, we don't stand a chance. Weak and floppy in the gym, we don't stand a chance. And so let's start using the gifts that God has given us. Let's start pushing back the weight of darkness. Let's start pushing some serious, real weight around. Let's start drawing some battle lines and letting the Spirit begin to do some work that only He can do in and through us. Have you been drawing any battle lines recently? Is there anything that you're waging war against in, in, in your own life and in your own soul, and in your own family, in your business, in your community, for our church, for our nation, for our world? Is there anything that you're drawing lines for and battle lines and saying, not today, Satan. Not today. You're not getting this. You're not stealing my joy. You're not stealing my family. You're not stealing my wife. You're not stealing my husband. You don't get to win today. Are there any battle lines that you've been drawing and be using the spiritual gifts that God has given you to help fight in that place. If I'm honest, I haven't drawn that many battle lines uh, in the recent past. And while I was away, I was just encouraged um, for the takeaway for me is to start drawing some battle lines. To be aware of the spiritual warfare that's at work in us and use the spiritual gifts that God has given us to begin to push back the darkness. Just this week in, in my own house, um, we, we've been eating breakfast together at the table and as we're eating breakfast, we're talking about um, uh, the fight that we're in, talking about the, the spiritual realm and that we're not fighting against uh, um, uh, flesh and bones here. We're not fighting. We are fighting a spiritual fight. And so we've talked about that with our kids. And so each day this week before our kids uh, went to school, we, we actually had them draw battle lines. Uh, they, they, they drug their foot uh, uh, across the, the, the kitchen floor like they were drawing their sword across the line and saying, not today, Satan. And, and they were fighting for specific things, a few things that we fought for this week. We fought for joy. 
Uh, we drew battle lines for, for joy in our lives. We drew battle lines so that we wouldn't be discouraged in our lives. We drew battle lines for our friends. We drew battle lines for peace in our home and for peace in our own hearts. There were several different battle lines that each one of us drew this week. And guys, I got to tell you, that what we've done is just at least this week, we've become more aware that Satan is at work and we become more aware of the spiritual gifts that God has given us to push back against that darkness. Are, are you drawing any lines? And if you're not, let me encourage you to draw the line, push back the darkness, let the Lord use the gifts that he's given inside of you in a mighty, mighty way. Would you pray with me? Jesus, your word is fire. Your word is fire in our bones your word is, is a lamp into our feet. Your word inspires us. Your word calls us to more. And in this particular context, your word calls us to fight a fight in the unseen realm that can only be fought through your spirit and the gifts that you've given us. And so would you give us those gifts to fight? Would you make us aware of them and allow us to use them? Let us flex those gifts for the body. Let us use them in a mighty way, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.